Welcome to the Unenlightened Gurus, where we don't have any answers, but we love discussing the questions. I'm one of your hosts, Denise. And this is Gina. So, hey, Gina. Hi, how are you doing? Good, how are you? All right, are you recording on this thing too? Did you hit the... You're not the boss of me. (laughs) I did hit that. Okay, I did not. So, a lot's happened since our last podcast. Yes, yes, a lot. First of all, we got in our first fight. (laughs) That's a good way to start, yeah. 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 Was it technically, though, a fight? It was 20 seconds, and neither of us, we barely raised our voices. And then we both stopped, like, pretty much immediately, and we're like, oh, we're in our righteousness. Yeah. It was still a fight, though. (laughs) It was interesting. It was a good learning curve. I think we were both talking a lot about current events and everything going on. And we have usually been able to have really good conversations with one another, even from different points of view. Very capable of being loving and receiving of hearing the other person's point of view and and being able to do all of that. And something kind of clicked that day where... You were increasingly getting angrier and angrier with world events. And there was something that kind of clicked where I said something and you really held on to being correct. And here's the deal. That would have been fine, except I held on to being correct as well. Right. And the minute that happened, there was just nothing but a clash. But what I loved is instantly, like, we recognized it and stopped. It felt like simultaneously, oh, we are creating this conflict in which we are pointing at and we're able to get off the phone with each other and both take responsibility for what we co-created together. And I thought that was a beautiful thing. Yes. And I think what happened was I texted you and said, hey, I was just really hungry, but you're still an asshole. (laughs) But I know that's Denise language for I love you. Yes. And I want to have better communication in the future. Maybe. (laughs) It's really more just about you're an asshole. No, I'm just kidding. Well, let's talk about our intention for this podcast. Like, what is it that we want to do today on this podcast together? What does that look like and feel like to you? Well, for me, it just feels like sharing the truths that we learn along the way. I noticed, first of all, we sent it to some friends and family, and I noticed, like, I really wanted this, like, pat on the back or this affirmation of, oh, gosh, this is great. (laughs) And I had to laugh at that because it was, no, that's not, we were doing this because we have fun. We have Mm -hmm. fun talking. We always walk away, you know, lighter after we talk to each other. Plus, I have some kind of amnesia, I feel like, (laughs) like a daily amnesia. Where I don't always remember, like, I thought it was so funny. Our second podcast called Unmasked, Mm -hmm. I was laughing so hard at the end of that Uh because we had spent a week in all of this turmoil and all of this just junk forgetting about our judgments, forgetting about, you know, that suffering is only in our mind. And it was just such a beautiful reminder. And if I can have those reminders, even if it's 
you know, just for a select few people, that's good enough for me. It's interesting because I, so my intention today is I want to create. Mm -hmm. Something feels good about that creation process. I'm not sure what that's all about, but it's, it's just fun to make something that literally did not exist before I got to put my hands in the clay, so to speak. And so that, that experience is fun, but also I want to feel free and I want to laugh and I want to share my life with my friends, which this, this whole creation is part of that. Like the reason that I wanted to do this was because, you know, during the, the, the quarantine, uh, you usually every Friday after our meeting, we'd go to lunch and we'd all hang out. And that would be the one meal a week that I would not eat alone. And I would get to like socially interact and be a part of. And now, uh, or then I was not able to do that. And so this podcast was a great way to have that social interaction. Uh, now it feels like it's kind of already morphing into something else. Like you already brought up, it's not the best way in which I can measure my worthiness. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and if I'm looking for, some, for, for other people to validate me somehow, well, then again, the issue is me. And what a great way to learn that. I also thought it was fantastic that we had this amazing conversation between the two of us in which we discussed universal truths that I really felt like I brought into my everyday life. And then after May 25th, I was overwhelmed with pain and I was overwhelmed with the focus of other people's suffering and in a lot of fear that, that it would stay that way, that it wouldn't change. And so it took me some time to remember and to realize that fear is just relying on my own strength. And everyone was just responding the best way that they knew how. And my judgment of the situation was not part of the solution of the situation. But for some reason, like it was real easy for me to say, my suffering is my fault. Like it's self-inflicted and it's how I look at it. But when I'm looking at someone else's suffering, Something just clicks where I don't want to say that to them. Byron Katie will, like, oh my all God. day long. <laughs> I'm always like, Byron, don't do it. Byron, you cannot say it. And I think to go back just for a minute, what happened was last weekend we actually did, we recorded an hour and 45 minutes. Right. What was interesting was it turned out my mic was turned off. <laughs> and you were like, I wonder what the universe is trying. I'm like, I wonder what Gina is trying to tell us. What was interesting in that was I remember when kind of everything was happening, and I feel like there's a lot of powerful leaders, like especially uh, black leaders out there having conversations about anti-racism, and I told you I don't really want to do a podcast on that, Mm -hmm. and you were kind of like, yes, we are. Not in a bad way, and I didn't mind having the the conversation. Mm -hmm. It just was, it didn't feel light or truth, and sometimes sometimes that's not always going to feel light, but... I felt like it lacked our spirituality that we normally bring into our creation. It was more of a like history lesson and kind of going over everything. And I know towards the end I said to you, but if we have one universal truth, doesn't that have to be true all the way around? So it's interesting because I have a different memory. (laughs) Okay. Can we roll the tape? (laughs) Because it wasn't as though I said, yes, we're going to talk about this. Correct. I, I was so heartbroken in all realness, I was not eating well. I was so upset to my stomach. Uh, I was not sleeping well. There still has not been a day in which I have wholeheartedly wept 
over thinking about the suffering. Now, the last couple of days while I've wept, it's been from hope. It's right. been from a, a different place in which I realize, oh, things are changing for the better and I'm finding evidence of that. It's funny because I went contrary to everything I have known before, which was if I talk about this enough, I'll feel better. Mm. But that has never been true for any other subject in my life. But it was a great learning lesson for me because I don't think I've ever felt more sadness. Nothing has, has rocked my peace of mind as this has. Thinking about injustice or suffering and and I did what a lot of Americans did, right? I educated myself on like the history of this and the his like okay, so let's find out. And I was kind of shocked. I mean, I was just shocked to learn. Oh, I learned my whole life things that weren't actually factually accurate. Correct. Right. And so that was like a big wake up call. But really, when I look at it now, like today, where I'm at, I realize. But that's the same for my whole life. And I was there for that. If I would have two years ago told you the story of my life, it would have been a completely different story than how I would describe it now. Because then I just wasn't awakened to the idea that that I was ever responsible for the story in my mind. Right. That makes sense. And again, I think it's easier for me to accept responsibility. Let, let's get to the Byron Katie of it all, right? What was my belief system then? What is the turnaround? And the truth is, and my belief system then was if these people of this planet does not take responsibility for the pain they've inflicted, then people will continue to suffer. Right. And the turnaround, the truth, what is truer than that is if I don't take responsibility for the pain I have inflicted on myself, then I will continue to suffer. And peace in the world has always been a one person job. It's always been about healing my own mind. And then I find evidence of peace in the world. But for some reason, this, you know, this intoxicating environment, physical environment says, no, it's the other way around. Other people need to behave differently and then you can feel better. Right. And I think for us, or for me even sometimes to even have those conversations is hard because I don't want it to appear as though I minimize anyone else's pain. Right. By kind of saying, oh, no, it's just all in your mind. All of this was always in your mind. So it was a, it was kind of a hard place to get to for me as well. And there is, I mean, there still is a lot of pain and suffering, mm -hmm. but I'm not adding to it by spinning in it. Or I am adding to it by spinning in it, I guess is what I meant to say. Right, right. Um, there you go. Yes. That's it. Yes. And uh, we've had some beautiful conversations surrounding yeah. some of our beliefs and the beauty what like what was interesting is when everything started I could have a conversation with you and say something where you were like oh dear god <laughs> don't ever repeat that out loud <laughs> and you know some of it was my judgments or my thoughts but you were also very loving to say of course you have judgments about this kind of judgments that you have because you have the exact same judgments of yourself right and, right. and we were able to have those conversations and then something, because you are in law enforcement, which I don't know if everyone knows that that's right. listening, something shifted and there just became just a deep anger inside of you. Right. It was interesting to watch because in this span, I also had taken up some five minute breathing exercises known as meditation. <laughs> and so I'm texting you like, come to the church of Denise. <laughs> I've got right. all the answers for you. Right. And you were not finding me very um, 
you would laugh, but I just, there was, I could not get through to you um, in a lot of ways. And it was fascinating. It was fascinating. Right. Um, not in a, I mean, I knew, I knew you were working on your stuff and you were figuring your stuff out. Right. It, it was just a fascinating, like, how quickly, again, what this whole podcast is about. We know the truth. Right. We light up when we hear the truth. Right. And then outside events happen and we lose all truth. We act as though it's we don't know it's, what's true or not. Right. Because we're not in the habit of getting still and thinking, or I'm not in the habit of before I respond and react, thinking, oh, this feels bad. So, or the, so therefore, how I'm seeing this is is not correct, is not true. And instead of taking the time to ask for help, which is what I've done a lot of, asking for help from the universe, let me see this differently. And really that is the question that I always forget to ask when I'm spinning in it and I'm just in turmoil. Because I, to forget about that connection is to pretend that all of this is final and real. Mm. And, and that's just not true. I know it instantly that it's not true because it doesn't make any sense. Like there is no intellectual way to explain all the suffering that happens. The only way any of this makes sense is to go spiritual, to go big. Correct. Big yeah. picture. Okay, what is going on? And and really, it, what a beautiful thing. Again, you, you mentioned I'm in law enforcement. And so I, I've seen a lot of the ugliness in law enforcement and it's it's painful it's painful to see because in my mind i want to say we all want to help people and that's why we have this job but the truth is not everybody in that job is interested in that sometimes it's a power dynamic but all of us have we are living out our internal belief system and so if we have if i have anger and i have pain it's because i am just living that belief system and I, I need to be willing to to look at that and admit take responsibility for my part in the chaos that's been created because chaos can't just find me I have to agree that it's there mm. and so when I'm looking at a lot of people suffering my part is that I believe that those people have to go through it I mean it that's a I'm not saying I'm not saying Gina Ninsteel is responsible for all the pain in the world. But when I turn on the news, what happens is I start judging, mm. right? Mm -hmm. That why are they using their microphone, uh, that, that voice to incite division? That makes me angry. And then I look in the world and I find evidence of division and anger. That is my part. That is my part in the co-creation process. And, but, and that's what I can look at. That's what I can work on. And I'm just grateful to have found the peace this week to realize that. Well, in the previous week, so after my first meditation, right, where I had all the problems solved, and I remember I called you because <laughs> I was like... All the problems. All of them. Um, but it was, the biggest thing was, I was like, look... What I'm seeing now is everybody is just so busy holding on to their correctness. Their no, righteousness, right? The righteousness, yes. And and nobody is listening to anybody. Like, it just came to me so clearly. Like, we're just not listening. And with that, too, and what you said is that we're judging. Mm -hmm. We're judging the other side. 
We're judging someone who believes different than us. We make so many assumptions that we stop getting curious. And I have one of my best friends always tells me that, like, you just need to get curious. When someone says anything, we take it at face value. We say, oh, you, wow, you know, like you're, that's not right. But if you, you really talk to someone, a lot of times what I have found, if you get curious about what did they mean when they said that, what is underneath all of that, that's when the beauty of a discussion can really happen. When, when I'm willing to completely detach from the stories in my mind, put myself in someone else's shoes and realize that if I believed the same way, I would behave in the same way. Right. And that, I don't know a better definition of compassion. Like really just, we, we ask ourselves really screwy questions. We, we ask what's right or wrong. Well, that depends on the body in which you inhabit on mm. what's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. The question is, is it loving? Mm. Is it compassionate? Oprah Winfrey said it, it, every fight is the same fight. Do you hear me? Do you see me? Does what I say matters? And I believe wholeheartedly that anybody who felt that they did would not behave in a self-destructive or dangerous way. And I don't, I think the world is awakening to this. I think that it gets scary when we question uh, systems and the way things have always been. It's a scary thing because nobody knows what that looks like. But Kyle Cease would say, I feel like, that we're just letting go of the small story of who we are so we can live a bigger story. And, and what's happening is not that power is moving from the people that usually have it and people that are, feel powerless are trying to grasp something, grasp some of that, what's happening is the people who have felt powerless in the, in the past are realizing they always had the power to begin with. Mm. And that is going to cause a shock. I mean, that, that, that flies in the face of the status quo. But it's really interesting to look at it from that perspective and to know that my freedom has always been there. It, did, mm. it does not come from a government or no. a system or an economic system it, or my family. None of it. I, I was born free and capable of everything. And the more people that remember that in the, on the planet, the more change will come. And sometimes that's going to look kind of scary from the status quo, right? It's very, it gets uncomfortable sometimes, just like when I was just getting sober, going to meetings and being honest about who I was and what I've done scared the shit out of me. But the freedom I found as I remembered who I am is just worth whatever I had to get go through to get there. Well, you always remind me success is not about money or status or anything. It's success is simply the closer we get to remembering who we are. Yeah, it's just remembering who I really am. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because uh, you sent me that podcast by McCod Brooks, who had mm-hmm. that death experience. Mm-hmm. So when he lost his physical body and he became a, a ball of light, for lack of better descriptive words, uh, he said there was just all this laughter. Everyone was saying, oh, yeah, we forgot we were here, too. And that's all that's going on is a forgetting. And I can be so compassionate and loving and forgiving of someone who forgot something. There's no malice here. I mean, to see the truth with a capital T means everything's already okay. Nothing can go wrong. 
we are watching an evolution and a part of an evolution, a spiritual revolution in which we remember the greatness in which we always been. And nothing could be more freeing. Nothing could be wrong if, if that's what I'm remembering is happening. But the judgment, the stories in my head <laughs> don't always coincide with that. And that's when I suffer. Yeah, and your judgments got really, really good. <laughs> and uh, I well, like how we're talking about my judgment, but go ahead. <laughs> well, yes, because I was loving towards my judgment. <laughs> you were angry. If I can use this example, and we always said we won't use real names, so we'll call him Bevan. You, of course, work in, in law enforcement. Right. And when you were stuck in your judgment, it's really all it was, was judgment. You saw this kid walks in with a Blue Lives Matter shirt. Right. And I'm like, okay. And I asked, I was like, I think you need to look at you right now because I'm not seeing a lot of what you were seeing. Like you Mm -hmm. were finding, again, Mm -hmm. you were finding the evidence Right. Of how everyone else was wrong. Of I'm like, bad people in this profession. Yes. And it's causing suffering of others. Yes. I was finding a lot of evidence of that. And I was like, that's interesting because I'm not finding, because I don't work in law enforcement, but I'm like, I'm just not, even in social media, really seeing kind of the stuff you were seeing. Anyway, it was just really interesting that what happened was you had to text me later and tell me that. You guys ended up having a beautiful conversation once you realized that you were in a lot of judgment at the time. Right. But also that his shirt ended up being a Special Olympics. (laughs) Okay, first off, he's a rookie and I'm training him. I probably don't need to go in that much detail. Um, But I was just at my wit's end with this guy. And then when I saw the shirt and I, I saw what I thought was the shirt automatically he went, he, he got a sticky note on his forehead that said racist, mm. right? There was just nothing I could only, and I could only see the sticky note when I looked at him and, and it was making me uh, sad to the point of nauseous. And then I call you and I'm trying to breathe. And, and then I go back upstairs and I'm finding some quiet time and, and he knocks on my door Right. And after I've finally been able to let the thought go and I focused on something else and asked if he can talk to me and sits down and explains to me how he felt called to work here because he wants to help people Mm. and that it was important to him that I knew that he does want to help people and he realizes his part in the job that we do, which is, uh, not just about arresting people. It's about making sure people get treatment and make and listening, a lot of listening. And as he spoke, it was just so beautiful, and I wish I could remember the words, but I looked at his shirt and noticed that it was a Torch Run shirt, which is the fundraiser that we do for the Special Olympics. And so instantly, we were both free, afterwards I could tell he was a little uh stressed about you know nobody feels good when they think their boss is like picking them apart and obviously I I was guilty of that and so by by the end of the conversation I made his clothes change 
I mean, that's the power of my perception. I will oh, God. always yeah. find my perception. And literally, the world changes and shifts as my perception shifts. And that is a choice. I get to do that by choosing to get still. Now, what's funny is it's easier for me to see. Like, this seemed really big to me. I mean, it seemed like a really huge earthquake. But it is perfectly in line and the same as every other judgment that I have about the world. I mean, you were just talking about an experience this morning of judgment. So would you like to share? No, I would like to keep the focus (laughs) on you. No, I just said I went on this tailspin. I don't know what happened. I was in a just a lot of judgment of my son, all because he wanted to play with a toy, but the wind, it was a, a, a new toy, a new plane, but the um, the wind was too strong to be able to do it, and he was just really in it. And before you know it, like, I had lost my mind with everything around it, <laughs> you know? Right. It, well, it, and so we went into more detail uh, this morning, but, it, and again, so I'm an outside person, just like you could see me spinning sure, last yes, week. Yes, As an outside person, what I see reflecting is that... Um, you believe that it is your job to make this other human behave in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And when they do not behave that way, uh, it's put in right and wrong categories. Mm-hmm. And then uh, owning that personally, and so now you are right or wrong. But the only thing that happened is you saw in your son what is present in you behaving inappropriately and then I guess he said it what was the sentence that he said I forgot I don't like myself oh he said I can't fly the plane because I don't like myself <laughs> right right and I told him to quit being dramatic <laughs> that's my job but if we're getting down to the bones wouldn't you say that w- that perfectly encapsulates your inner dialogue that you can see that you don't like yourself, you lack empathy for yourself, and that you're like, suck it up. Yes. You know? Yeah. Very little empathy there for yourself. So how would you be able to express that to someone else? And so all of this is just an indicator of our individual issues. Oh, absolutely. And I'm seeing that more and more in everyday life. You know, I had a friend, I upset a friend of mine this past week where I was just trying to be funny and I went too far and kind of said something during a baseball game. And the next day she texted me to say, hey, I didn't appreciate you. I know you were doing it to be funny, but it kind of, I felt like you were putting my husband down. And God, everything inside of me wanted to defend myself or, you know, like be like, well, wait a minute and find all the ways in which she had to be wrong. I wasn't wrong. And it was just like this quick spin out that we just do, you know, like, let me search for all the evidence that you're wrong because you can't call me out on something, you know. I did thank her for letting me know, you know, and to care enough about our friendship to say that I went too far with something and, you know, sincerely apologized. It certainly wasn't my intention, but it, it happened and it hurt her feelings and it doesn't really matter. I mean, I think it's so interesting how we go from who's right and who's wrong when if hurt feelings are hurt feelings and just to apologize for that hurt feeling. Mm-hmm. But even after that, I had to call you because I was still spinning out with just kind of nonsense of no, no, I'm still not wrong. Even though I was, I very much was, 
you know, but also realizing my stuff is my stuff and their stuff is their stuff. And all that happened was someone sent me some words through the phone, you know, that's all that happened. Right. It's not that you were wrong Mm. Uh, because there is no right or wrong. But your perception was not of the truth with a capital T, mm. which is you were all learning what it is you need to learn in that place. Now, for you, it might be that my self-worth is not determined by this other person's opinion of me. Mm. The reason she was offended to begin with, what people say can actually hurt me, mm. which is not true. Right. We have to give that credence. I mean, that's... That's a huge So I should take deal. my apology back. <laughs> no. One of my favorite dudes, Jesus, said, seek neither to offend or be offended. Mm. That they are both not true. Right? Like, if I am in my true self, I'm not going to offend you. Because I'm going to see you as love and I'm going to reflect love. But it's also equally not true to be offended because to be offended, I have to be in judgment of you. That's the only way I can be Mm. offended is I have to decide that this is wrong. How dare you? This is incorrect in some way. And that is not true. It's only my perception, which is not true. And I think right now, what's beautiful to me is you sent me this thing from Peter Crone that talks about feelings being a terrible indicator of the truth just because you feel something doesn't mean it's true and I completely understand what he's saying with that and I wholeheartedly agree with the spirit of what he's saying oh I knew you'd save it for the fight (laughs) I was looking for a fight and you didn't bring it when I sent it now I had way too much to say but but our feelings are perfect in the moment feedback of what is true when I watch suffering on the television and the reason that I feel the way that I feel so strongly and like injustice and that's wrong and that's labeling. It doesn't mean that not to listen to my feelings. It means I have suffering feelings because I believe something that's not true. And so my feelings are the perfect indicator of truth. And I can agree with that. We, we argue a lot about that because I always say but thoughts are where your feelings are coming from. Right. So the thoughts aren't true. Correct. So if I believe Denise can hurt me, it doesn't feel good. So I'm going to automatically know that that's not true. Mm. But that is not the way most human beings quantify truth at the moment. They quantify truth in terms of historical information. And here is the evidence in which I explain why what you believe, Denise, is, is not correct is not true and then conflict ensues and all of that depends on the the delusion of separation what's really interesting here is there is no separation that that is a complete illusion we are all connected and everything is connected and i cannot harm you without harming myself Mm. by law that must happen and so when i'm when i'm looking at worldwide injustice what's amazing to me is the big true conversation that's going on is because we know injustice is happening. Nobody's questioning that. We know that people are, are suffering and, and nobody wants other people to suffer. But the people that are looked at as the ones inflicting the suffering, they are also suffering mm. because there's nobody wants to be a monster. Nobody wants to do that. I There is a 
there is pain for everyone in a system that believes in separation and we will all suffer for it. Well, and I remember telling you, and I don't think you heard it until your mama told you. <laughs> Thank you, mom. Um, no, seriously, because I was laughing. This happens to us all the time right. where I'm like, we tell someone something 40,000 times. They call me and they'll be like, oh, Gina just told me. <laughs> and I'm like, that's interesting because I've told you that a lot. <laughs> And you didn't hear it. But it, we all know it's like it's it has to be the perfect mix of when you're ready to hear something. Right. But remember, I kept telling you, like, conscious people don't hurt people. Right. When all of that was going on. And that's exactly kind of what you were saying about all of this. Like, everyone has to be in pain for all this pain to keep happening. Correct. Correct. And um, I know that's probably just what you just said anyway, but <laughs> I'm adding my two cents in. It was interesting because I had been just begging people to make me feel better mm. about the world. I was I was reading things, watching movies. I was looking for information, intellectualize myself into feeling at mm. peace. Mm-hmm. And then I just, uh, there was so much suffering. I mean, I think I lost eight pounds. I wasn't sleep. I wasn't meditating. My head could not stop the story. And so I just called mama and just said, help. And there is something about my mom is just the beacon of unconditional love in my life. Like she takes lack of judgment to a Byron Katie level in which I'm like, really mom, they're not a good dude. And she's like, I will not judge them. Mm. I will see them as God sees them. And she did a guided meditation for me. She walked me through a meditation, sent me a link, overnighted me a book called The Universe Has My Back. She's like, remember, Gina, why do you feel so bad? What does that mean? What does mm. that mean? I said, it means it's not true. And she's like, yes, baby. Right. It's not true. If if I'm on the phone with a sponsee or a friend, that's what I spend 90% of my, my yes. time telling people. Yeah. Listen to your emotional guidance. It is the truest thing in your life. Mm. That any pain that I have is when I forego my emotional guidance. Right. And here I was going on almost a week of forgoing my emotional guidance and just suffering, which, so I was actually helping create the suffering in the world. I was so wholeheartedly thought intellectually that I was fighting against. Oh, go girl. (laughs) Um, Well, so seriously, let's, since we want to end it on a really good note and you like to talk about science and it bores me. Oh my God, are we, could I talk about the ninth it's, planet? It's the one the thing that, planet? yes. Okay, so guys, you know that like, I was kind of bombed when Pluto got downgraded to a dwarf planet, so it was not considered in our solar system. So then we're down to eight planets. I cannot explain why that brought me grief, whatever. I stop, hear phones shutting off. Stop judging me. But, so I watched a documentary in which they have found evidence of a ninth planet. Now, what's interesting to me is this ninth planet is 10 times the size of Earth. It's in an elliptical orbit, and it's 100 million miles from the sun. Now, quit laughing. Why is this funny? Go ahead. Anyway, they found this because the asteroid belt that surrounds Neptune, uh, when they were measuring how those asteroids were moving, they noticed that something was off. Uh, with the gravitational flow, like they should not be moving in that way. And so they went to a computer and they put in, they were like, well, what would it look like, uh, the gravitational pull, if there was a ninth planet? 
They put it in the computer. They got their results. They went back and looked at the other asteroids, and they found an exact match. And what this means to me is if there can be a ninth planet in our own solar system, we're not even traveling that far off, right? That's 10 times the size of Earth. And we just now are noticing. What else are we not not noticing? What, What other big things are right in front of our face that we just have not accepted as true. Hmm. And so I'm excited about that. I want to quit laughing. God damn it. So <laughs> it's just, to me, it's just, it's about asking questions. I never want to stop asking questions. Science is the study of what we don't know. And there's so much we don't know. It's really comical to me that we act as though we know everything there is to know about interaction with other human beings here on this planet and we're just scratching the surface for the greatness of who we are mm-hmm. so that was a very hopeful and exciting thing for me and all i know about the solar system is that my son says i love you to uranus and back thank you for listening if you like what you heard please like and subscribe <laughs>